Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Healing. I'm your host, Anna, and today's topic is about escape and denial. We are going to dive into what people do to escape and deny aspects of life. We're going to hear from our great guests that are with us every week, Saber and Carol, and we are going to speak to the ever-amazing, incredibly funny and wonderfully talented Atana, who this show is dedicated to. So thank you, listeners, for tuning in, and also thank you to our sponsors. I'm sure that you are going to enjoy what we've got to, what we're going to be speaking about today. And if you like what you're hearing, dive into Atana's work. You can find it by Googling his name or going to his website, atanamethod.com. So let's just dive right in now. Hello, Atana. Hello, wonderful being. Hello, Anna. Wonderful, Anna. Thank you for being such a gracious and amazing host. And uh, hello, Saber and wonderful Carol, Dawn, BBS Radio, and of course, our sponsors and our listeners. I'm just in gratitude. I'm just in awe that we that we have this opportunity to share our experiences to support all of you in this beautiful, beautiful life to be more effective, but also be living in your effortlessness. And our perspective is a really support, a big support for you to get into a place of effortlessness and attracting more and more of what we need and desire. And this is a, this is a very beautiful segment today that we're adding to it. And the more we become this amazing rainbow with all the facets, with all these different areas being covered, the more insight um, holistically we all gain, really. And it's beautiful that we have the opportunity to leave this as uh, a recorded legacy. It's beautiful. Mm, thanks, Atana. Um, Ah, well, today's topic is about escape and denial, and I was thinking about this during the week because I think so many people in the world struggle with aspects of their life that they just feel powerless to solve or resolve, or they can't even look at them because they're so hard for them to deal with or to solve or they might be living with a chronic illness, they might be living with a child that has special needs, they might be caring for a parent who is elderly and has Alzheimer's, there might be a range of different things. There might be financial burdens that people feel so consumed with and Rather than actually being in that space and being with those challenges, a lot of people try to escape them because they don't feel they have the capacity to face them or worth the in denial that it's really even an issue. To ask you, how often do you see this as an issue in people's lives? Oh, my goodness. Well, you know what they say? The Nile is not just a river in Egypt. <laughs> And often, <laughs> often when, we, when we go to life and we have experiences that are sometimes so painful or revelations about ourselves that are not always 
uh, fun to look at, then uh, denial is a great instrument, it's a great tool to not having to deal with ourselves or with the issues right away. So it is, it is not so much that I'm blaming denial or blaming anybody for it, but it's more a, a use of a frequency that we decided to choose in that moment to delay a view or um, acknowledgement. So when we see aspects or when we're denying ourselves um, our insights in who we are, we're delaying the overall enlightenment process because the more clearly we deal with everything that we have to deal with, the faster we get where we need to be. Often, we don't feel we have the patience, the time, or sometimes even the strength to deal with these negative aspects of our being because we're so trained to just love the positive and have that immediate instantaneous satisfaction and um, look at the, the bright side of things. And we don't realize how our shadow side includes and carries a lot of uh, abundant material for us to grow. It's like the soil. The darkness of the soil is required sometimes for the seed to sprout, to have the strength to absorb the minerals. And when we look at aspects of our beings, even how we sometimes created a mess, we're like, how could I do this? And we just, instead of looking at it, appreciating it, we just want to make it go away as fast as possible so we don't have to deal with it. But often we forget to integrate the learning experience. And the learning experience is, uh, appreciating, activating our self-love and seeing how we can embrace our, our flaws to be more effective, to be actually more vibrant. It reminds me of a crystal. Um, it's called, it, it's an artificial crystal. It's zincite that's being produced in a zinc smelting process in the factories uh, where, they, where they melt like zinc ore. And the impurities of that zinc Become, in, become gas form and go up the chimney, and in the chimney they form actual crystals. And mm, wow. the gas is forming crystals, and then so the workers have to go up there with long sticks and basically break up these big crystals that are growing inside in the wildest colors, like from orange to yellow to blue. And they're very sought after. The longer they are, the, the more rare, the harder to get because these chimneys are 60, 90 feet high, and when you break them up, they fall all the way down, and often they break, of course, into small pieces. And what's interesting is that the zinc smelting process, the impurities of that zinc, go up in fumes and then create the most vibrant crystals. And these are so amazing. They remind me constantly that our falls are really a vibrant enlightenment crystal pieces, you know? Mm. That's beautiful. Thank you for that analogy, Atana. So, I mean, I, I really wanted to discuss this with you today and about being in this place because I see so many people, I see it all around me as well and I see it also in myself and what I do to escape um, challenges in my life and, and also deny aspects. And um, what, How does that show up in people's behaviours? What, what are you seeing people do 
because sometimes they're not even aware of it as, as denial works. Well, denial is, is like I said, often also um, an aspect of the system, the human, the person, um, to not having to deal with or, or not being able to look at what's happening right now because the, the depth of that experience is, um, is really too painful. And um, I see often when, when people are in situations where they have been compromised themselves for whatever reason, or they have been compromised and then in their surroundings they have been taken advantage of, they're basically having to face that there is a blind spot the denial is basically protecting the blind spot. When I saw, mm. when I saw this, uh, for example, this Michael Jackson documentary a um, couple months back, um, Finding Neverland or Leaving Neverland, um, it was like a docu-series of two, um, uh, two uh, shows back-to-back and then followed with an Oprah Winfrey after show. Um, there, there has been such a abuse taken place in a manip- manipulation with the parents that the parents kind of like were not even aware that her their child is basically sleeping in the next room with a grown-up man in bed, right? And so that happened for years and years and years. And then after a while, um, I, I heard one of the mothers saying, like, my happiness basically depended on my child's suffering. And while my child was next door, and she said, it's hard to, it's hard to, uh, to take that. It's hard to even think about that. And at the same time, when that was taking place, there was so much um, energetic, so much high ecstatic emotion that there was such a denial going on. Oh, that surely is not going to happen. That surely is not real. That's just just my fantasy. That's just my imagination. And then that's a form of denial when we are in this high, in this ecstatic high, or when we are thinking this is something we really want and turns out something is maybe not the right thing that we wanted. We are in an ecstatic high where we forget everything. And it's not even... A denial, it's like you are just on such a high, and humanity is used to be on such a high that that high masks the actual experience, and that could be even a form of denial because we always want to cover and we always want to escape the mundane, not realizing how the mundane holds so many treasures. Mm. Very interesting. We are going to quickly go to a commercial break, and when we come back, we're going to speak more about this topic, escape and denial. Stay tuned, listeners.
Welcome back to Let's Talk Healing. I'm your host, Anna, and today we're talking about escape and denial. We've just been hearing some pretty insightful stuff from Atana, and um, I wanted to dive into some of the how that shows up in terms of behaviours, what people do. So just quickly, Atana, I just wanted to ask you, when your clients come and you notice that they're in escape or denial, what 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 are they presenting? How how does that look to you from a um, an energetic perspective? What behaviours are they engaging in? What what are they well, doing? Well, ultimately, they're protecting for what how what holds value for them. The um, think about it this way: when a lot of the times when people come to me and they have to talk about their parents, their family, their mother, their father, they say oh, my father was so great, he did this and this and this, and he helped me so much, and my mother is wonderful, and they just don't want to shine a bad light on their parents, especially when they're past. And that's so ingrained in people that they don't want to even open up that can of worms, and they say, well, I had a really great childhood, this and this and that, and it takes me probably one or two minutes to point out this and that, and they say, oh, well, yeah, accept that. Uh, and accept this, and then accept that. But there's a lot of protection, subconscious protection going on when it comes to parents, for example. The unimaginable um, is like, yeah, but, you know, they did, first of all, they don't want to blame them or they don't want to make them look like in a bad light because in their minds, in their hearts, they, they did, they tried the best they could do. So, but this is not about, uh, placing blame or anything. This is about just realistically looking at the experience and then also understanding the deep psychological aspects of a human being that was also supporting us in our growth process with all their flaws. And not that doesn't make the father better or worse. Your father still did what he did. He brought you, helped you get come to the planet. And that's really all the parents have to do get us here if they do a little bit more great hallelujah if they if they give a better <laughs> setup great we we can be very happy about that but once you're here that task is completed because once you're here you can make it happen because you can gain all your conscious access and you can make and pull together what you can in in order of consciousness to make it happen if your parents give you more than that, that's great. If not, that's, that's also something to be considered. But often when people come to me, they don't really realize where the, where the damage is coming from. And because they're protecting the damage as a blind spot because they cannot go there, they cannot really start healing it. And that's, that's something that has to be understood in terms of realistically looking into all areas of our lives in where we accumulated a certain dysfunctional uh, situation or possibilities that we're still working out for. Often in, a, mm. in the lineage, in our families, we're working still crap out for our parents, for our grandparents, for our lineage that came before us because all that stuff that they haven't worked and transformed, we have to do or the next generation after us. Mm. Very interesting. Let's go to one of our guests now. I'm going to bring Saber in. Hello, Saber. 
Hello, my beautiful friend. How are you? I'm really, really good, and I'm even better because I love doing these sessions every week where we get to chat, and I find what you guys say so so inspiring, and it helps me all the time. So I'm, I'm always good being here with you guys. Listen, I, I wanted to talk to you about this topic today, escape and denial. I see it coming up, as I said before, in my own life. I see it with um, my, my parents. I see it with my friends. I see it, you know, all around me. You know, there's um, there, there's no doubt that so many of us engage in this behaviour to, to run away or not be able to face things that are, are, are difficult in our life. And I wanted to ask, you know, where do you deal with this as a healer and how do you see it showing up? And what are some suggestions you have for our listeners? Okay, so this is something that is very close to home. Uh, there is a lot of denial floating around the uh, saber genes uh, through the family line there. And then my husband's family has that floating around as well. And so uh, I have not only just with clients and friends and uh, neighbors and family within my own life, uh, been in denial for the first half of my life. And I, I think it as being asleep, going to sleep, almost like shutting down a computer or taking a program that you have on your computer and not looking at it, right? And you know it's there. It's taking up space. It's taking up energy. Uh, you, you're spending more energy trying not to look at it, trying not to heal it, trying not to think about it, than actually just going in there and just getting it done. And so over the past 10 years, I have had to kind of say to myself, is this worth the friendship? Is it worth the love of the family? If I say something, is it worth them getting mad at me? And you know what? The answer is yes. Say something. Jolt someone out of their slumber. Jolt someone out of their 20, 30, 1,000 years sleep. Help them reawaken. Help them to remember who they are, what they are capable of, what they can do on this planet. Anything is possible. So if you're spending all day long trying to forget something, trying to stay away from something, why not just take that leap and say, you know what, I can do this, I am fully capable, I have the support, and if you don't have the support, here we are. Come and find us. I love this radio show because I feel it's not only just a teaching tool, but it's a way for people to invite uh, anyone into this inner circle that we have. We're buds, you know, the four of us, the five of us, we're buddies, and we love each other, and we support each other. And I want everyone listening to this show to be part of this. And Atana had mentioned that, you know, hopefully soon we'll start taking callers. And we want people to start showing up, calling in, telling us what they're in denial about. Let us help you help yourself get out of denial so you can live the fullest, most sacred, awesome life that you were destined to live. Yay! That is great. Yay, yay. And look, I'm sure that, you know, a lot of um, 
you know, I think our whole generation is addicted to distraction. You know, the phone is the most, mobile devices are the most amazing, have given us so much power to connect, to communicate, to learn. You know, information is, is everywhere for us. However, at the same time, it addicts us to distraction. And I see that now as probably one of the the biggest um, ways that people escape uh, through that addiction to distraction. What do you think about that? You know, I am not a huge person that rides the, you know, information superhighway. I have my own way of communicating. I remember years and years ago, Atana kept telling me, you need a new phone right? Because he couldn't get a hold of me. He's like, you need a new phone. They're probably like a flip phone. Everyone's getting these iPhones. And he said, you need a new phone. I said, Tana, I'll get it. I'll get it. So about one or two years later, Tana comes up to me and goes, you know what, Saber? You have your own way of communicating. You don't need the internet. And he just walked away, right? And so I understood at that moment that there's these choices that we have. We have these innate abilities. And thankfully, I've been using them all along. Uh, but I am choosing not to be part of all that as much as I can. I've never been on Facebook, right? I mean, I know that sounds so weird, but I just, I'm not into it. And my husband, he owns a tech company. So I have to walk this <laughs> fine, yeah, I have, to, I have to walk this fine line of, you know, not uh, being derogatory about the Internet. And I know it brings people together. I mean, it's bringing me and you together right? Um, the airwaves and whatever it is, I, I can't even explain it to you, but um, above my pay grade, but uh, I don't want to be derogatory about uh, all of that because my children's father is, that's his passion, right? And my children are starting to code. So I started praying about this uh, a while back because I had seen what you were just talking about. It was as soon as everybody got to the house or even in the car, uh, there would be no talking. We'd be distracted. It wouldn't be the radio anymore. It'd be the kids on the iPad um, and no talking, no communicating. And also, in the car, you know, growing up, your parents are driving you. You roll the window down. You're looking at the trees going by. You're smelling the fresh air. Things are quiet. Maybe some music's playing in the background, but it's you spending time with you and God and God is speaking to you, and you're chilling together, right? And so I thought, wow, this is disappearing fast. So we have blackout days in our home where my children are um, guided to refrain from using any sort of devices. Um, They don't have to use them, uh, luckily now, uh, for school yet. Uh, And even mommy. You know, mommy's not allowed to go to ToriBirch.com you know, for two hours at a time <laughs> with all the clothes and things like that. Um, so I'm doing it too. And I can't even tell you the difference, the smiles, the laughing. Uh, we're playing Candyland and we're dancing and we're engaging. So, I mean, when in doubt, just take a break, right? You know, everything <laughs> in moderation. I know that sounds so you know, just like, oh, my God, give me something else, Saber. It's so simple, right? But uh, it is so important to just disengage 
and and get back to the the natural uh, order of things, which is um, too much electronics. And I'm dating myself, calling them electronics. Uh, so you could probably guess how old <laughs> I am. <laughs> oh, thank you. That's great. Um, and let's. Let's go to another quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to speak more about this topic, escape and denial. Welcome back to Let's Talk Healing. Once again, I'm your host, Anna, and today we are discussing escape and denial. We have another guest with us, Carol, who's here with us each week. Hello, Carol. Hi. I'm here. I'm Mm. happy to be here. I'm not escaping yet. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe when I give you these next questions, you might want to. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Carol. Carol, look, um, I want to give an example to to, to help our listeners understand how energy healing can work, okay, with with this type of issue. Um, You know, a number of years ago, I was in a situation where I just, I felt so overwhelmed. I had so many responsibilities. My day-to-day life was extremely complicated. I was running a business. I had multiple staff. I was a single parent. I was just in constant overload and overwhelm. And I think at those moments, I didn't have the capacity to solve my problems. And I, I tried. I did everything. I brought uh, advisors in. I, I tried to get help. Um, I tried to put on more stuff. I tried to rework my schedules. Everything that I did didn't help take away that just complete overwhelm and desperation that I was feeling. I wanted to ask you, from that point, you know, um, I started to use um, simple tools like Pinterest, you know, at night, and I would just be on that and looking at that, and that sort of gave me a level of escapism from my my real world. Um, I'd also drink alcohol because that helped me just to relax at the end of the day while I was trying to, you know, go from one manic, day to the next of being a single parent you know if somebody presented to you today in a state like that where you know they are wanting to escape from their life and they're wanting to escape from from the things that they can't solve how would you work with them well it's always about 
let's get you in your body. Let's get you grounded. Let's get you connected to your heart. So you can start being present and start listening to what's going on because you just described all that chaos and um, escapism, right? It's like, how could you discern, you know, any quiet truth in there? There's too much noise. There's the noise of the hectic day, and then there's the noise of whatever distraction you use at night to, you know, to to not have to process. And we we get really good at at finding all those routes of escaping and in denial because like we feel better, right? Like it it's it's soothing. Um it's like a balm on raw nerves. And we you know oftentimes where the root of it is sometimes in um, that we're healers and have like persecution trauma in past lives or lineage that wants to keep us like the the remembrance in our system of you know being persecuted for being a healer of or even a, just a natural healer person in past lives um, keeps us wanting to stay small. So sometimes even when things are going well, like you said, you were like, you were, you were, had your own business and things were going well, but it was just very chaotic. We find ways to, um, to put limitations in there so that we aren't revealed, you know, like too much. Like we, we can't really fully be who we are because we have this, um, programming, you know, like, hey, remember to stay small, remember to stay small. And um, so when things, even sometimes like, okay, you can have like really crazy, um, stressful, or things can be like stressful because things are really busy and going well. And both of those could be triggers that are telling us like, oh, you know, like you're coming into your power too much. You're 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 going to be seen. You're going to be revealed. So you know, you've got to do something to check out. And so, in addition to the the energy work, where you know we can help you to look at the infrastructure and and go deeper in, you can also look at your daily life. And one thing, like you could look and say okay, I found Pinterest, and that's where I can just zone out, right? So if you can look for patterns in your life, where do you just stop and the next thing you know, two hours have gone by and you haven't really (laughs) even paid attention to what's happening? So for me, it's the chair in front of my TV, (laughs) and so I literally, and this, I, this, this has worked, folks. And in my past, I have put a sign on my chair that says, do not sit here (laughs) until you've completed everything that you want to for the day. (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, and and my (laughs) my cats would not help any, right? Because like, I would sit down, I would watch my favorite show. 
and my cat would come on my lap, and so the show would be over. Oh, but I have my cat on my lap, and I've got my phone, so I'll just see what's, you know, on the phone. And the next thing you know, you've spent, you know, a way long, longer than you want to admit just sitting there, not accomplishing anything but escaping. And so, like, that would be one good thing to do is, like, where in your life are you spending time? And it's not that it's like, where are you spending a chunk of time? But where are you spending time that when you come out of it, you go, wow, what did I just do? Where was I? You know, because, like, you can spend two hours sitting out in your yard, you know, um, just breathing, you know, and it could be really good because you could be really connected, right? And you could be grounding and and communing and all of that. So it's not about the time so much as when you come out of it, it's like, were you present? What were you doing? What were you engaging in? Was Were you discovering anything about yourself and your life in that process? You know? So yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's an interesting it's an interesting thing um, that that looking for where we the patterns of where we escape you know where are we where are we going to what what are we doing um, and so therefore you know when people don't feel they have the capacity or the mental ability or the skills to solve certain problems in their lives. You know, sometimes people just hide. So how do you work on that, Carol? Well, that's the beauty of the Atana Method energy work, right? Is is it is it in its nature it supports people to for the blind spots to be revealed. So I've had people come to me just like Atana was saying, you know, like even if they're aware of some difficulties in their life, um, you know, like with their family or parents or whatever, you know, and they'll be like, yeah, this happened, um, but it's, I've dealt with it, you know, it's all okay. And then they get on the table and the the energy work starts happening and we discover that, you know, perhaps that there's a big issue with abandonment that they maybe thought that they dealt with, but only on a mental level. And it's still energetically within their their framework. And so when we can start transforming those kind of issues in the energy, in their infrastructure, then now they can say they've dealt with it. And that transforming that allows them to to see these deeper aspects that they had just said, oh, I've dealt, you know, I've checked that box off. And then they can see where they might have patterns in their life that were set up because they thought they had checked it off. But we're really operating from the deeper substance, you know, of the mm. issue. And so Some, transform mm. that, then they don't have to operate from that that falsehood anymore. Mm. What I've also found really helpful with the Atana method is being able to work with Atana. I mean, I, I work with Atana. Sometimes I tell him things, it comes out of my mouth that I've never said to anybody else before. And I, it, it's 
it almost shocks me sometimes, some of the things I say to Madonna. And then he can help me work on that because a lot of it is suppressed or, as Atana said, you know, not wanting to discuss it or having thoughts that um, I just have to get on with things or, you know, I don't want to talk about my parents because they did their best. You know, it's actually quite liberating to even be able to, to talk about this maybe for the first time with a healer. And, and that in itself is a transformation of energy, isn't it? Exactly. Uh, you know, we're so trained in society to, you know, if some if we were to say something, um, you know, like here's a, a dark bit of my past, you know, people just want to, like we're trained to say, oh, uh, you know, like, well, let's do something to make you feel better, and right? But in the energy healing it's like, okay, let's go there. And it's this is safe. This is a safe place to go there. Let's go there, shine some light on it, because when we shine the light on it and transform it, you're going to feel better. Just like you said, you're liberated then of that heavy, dark aspect that you've been carrying around with you. It weighs. It mm. has weight. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty good. We're going to go to another quick commercial break, and when we come back, we're going to keep talking about escape and denial. Back to Let's Talk Healing. I am your host, Anna. And listeners, today, if you are interested in what we're discussing, the best way to work on healing is by working with uh, a healer. Uh, that's a great platform to dive into the work. And then later, learning the skills so you can take that ability, that healing ability, the energy healing ability with you anywhere. And you can apply it to yourself, to your families, to the world, to your businesses, to your communities. And the best way to do that is to get online and go to atanamethod.com. And there you will find all kinds of links to Atana's work, his music, his one month, his meditations, his online courses, his one-to-one sessions. There is so much that Atana puts out there, his social media, and not to forget his incredible, like literally 
draw-dropping crystal stores. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about that uh, in a minute. But, uh, Tana, I'm going to circle back to you for a minute. Okay. I also realised in myself that I am in denial sometimes that things are affecting me and that I'm not okay. And even being able to say I'm not okay, that is really hard to say um, for me. And I'm in denial that anything's really even going on. Um, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about that. Why is it that people feel that they can't even admit or connect to what's real? Well, I think think about it in the. I, I think about it in this way. In China, in the past, in the ancient times, a Chinese doctor, basically, when they got sick, they got executed. <laughs> because a doctor really, is supposed to stay, yeah, a is supposed to stay healthy, right? In in you know the different rulers coming in, giving different laws, and often, and I'm I'm I was myself on the on the height of of healing and healing support and, and know what is, what is the right thing to do. Uh, but also sometimes it's really hard to ask for help. And sometimes it's really hard to ask other people for support when we, this goes really deeper. This goes deeper into uh, prosperity for me because we are, we are so good in giving often so good in giving and not so good in receiving. And a lot of us healers, are great givers, but they have a difficulty with receiving and balancing the receiving. And often when I give the, the workshops and the seminars and even educate and initiate healers into becoming energy healers, the first thing that once they're done with the classes is like, so how much am I going to charge for my service? And that, that's a very interesting and easy equation for me because what is it going to take you, what is it going to take for you to recover the energies, the focus, focusing on somebody else's life uh, for a whole hour or two hours? What does it take you to recover from that and get your focus back to yourself? And it's really about understanding that we all are in need of support. We all are supporting. There's nothing wrong to ask for support or seeing that we that we're not perfect, that we are, like I said, flawless. And, and we are, yet we are in our imperfection and perfection because whatever we do is the right thing to do for us to grow and be in the growth process. But often, I tried in the past to mask a lot of the things that I feel I didn't want to share, I didn't want to let people know about because I wanted to be just this great healer, you know, this perfect healer that... Everything is perfect and, and this and that. But what I, what I realized over the years is like I'm going to my own transformational mess uh, in terms of karmic experiences, in terms of growth process. And anything that comes up really gives me an opportunity to apply myself to be better, to be more effective. And on my healing journey, even as the healing, healer journey that I took, I messed up so many times and then I said well next time I'm going to make it better and I love this Catholic saying where it says like every saint has a past, every sinner has a future you know because you are in the place and in the progress of getting into your um, into your sacred, most sacred beingness into your enlightenment but it's a journey and 
it's not about being perfect. It's about growing in the process. And anybody mm. that is right now, and, and uh, anybody who's right now on this planet, it doesn't matter where we at. It doesn't matter even if we are the most evolved soul, we have an opportunity to grow. There is not a finite state where we say this is it because we are infinite beings. That means wherever our most fine, our last enlightenment point was is not anymore because this multiverse is expanding. That means how enlightened we are shows in how much we are applying ourselves in daily life to fully give our best to this moment. Mm. Yeah, that is... That's great. Thank you, Atana, for sharing that. I guess, um, you know, the more and more that our society grows and the more and more it's okay to talk about feelings and sadness and gather that support, the more opportunities for healing there are. But, you know, sometimes people just have problems they feel incapable to solve. Like maybe a with a child that is dying of an illness or, you know, they're left with a parent that has got significant challenges physically or mentally Mm -hmm. and they have to care for that person. They cannot change the situation. Um, And therefore, there is huge grief. There is huge emotion around that. But they feel guilty about sharing that or they don't feel that it's appropriate or they feel that it was, it's not their parents or their children's fault that they're like that. But there is still this incredible pain that's inside of them. You know, yeah. why, how does somebody with that that might never have been able to express it, how does that person start to work with those and, co- and come to accept the reality and, and then go on to, to live a you know, a full potential life. Well, the, there, is, there is a solution for everything. And it might not be an obvious solution. It might not be an intellectual solution. It might not be even like a, a mental or emotional solution. But there's a, there's a solution how to apply, how to live life. And each situation is as unique as the fingerprints. So there's for every body, there's a way in a form, there's a template for them in their lives that they have set up. But the the thing is, when we get into that illusion where we think that one or the other part is disconnected and that this doesn't make sense or that that uh, aspect or that person is not really part of this oneness. No, it, it is. The, the The question is just what level of consciousness we are on what level of consciousness and awareness are are we coming in and even participating in life as unconscious as it might seem to others is evolution because in 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 buddhist saying there is like an understanding that we evolve to the next higher level of awareness regardless where we start sometimes i'm sure we have a step forward two steps back, but ultimately we are in a forward momentum of evolution. The trust in mm. that is a whole nother story because often with our um, short-term focus on, on things, we don't really see 
how that can be. But if we keep in focus on an individual, we probably see their development. And even if a human being is in the body for five seconds, that being participated in this reality. That gives that being a chance for transformation, and it gives humanity a chance of transformation. So how that in detail functions, I don't know. But what I know, what I know is that there is an overall bio-consciousness, bio-awareness, and a biomass really that's moving, that's evolving, that's growing, that's exploring itself on so many infinite different levels that we are more and more becoming conscious about something. And every day we are learning something. And it doesn't matter even if it's, if we learn just to go up the stairs or if we learn how to use a computer. It's the same thing. We learn something. Mm. If we learn something about ourselves, if we learn something that or we felt something new about ourselves, we learn something. Mm. And tell me, how much do you think sheer exhaustion um, plays in the role of escape and denial? Well, the energy that we engaging in our lives is depending on how much energy we think we have available. Our minds are infinitely creative. So if we think if we think we have only a limited or um, limited way of form of expression or even movement, then our bodies are so compassionate that they're actually applying themselves to what we think or what we believe. So if people really think they can't do this or they don't have the the, the the faculties or the infrastructure to do something and they decide not to do it, then the body sooner or later adapts to it and basically restricts movement. That's how people, mm. that's how a lot of people are interfering with their, with their well-being really without knowing it, you know. And do you think that um, the energy work, like if someone is truly exhausted in their lives, whatever reason, like you know, working so hard, they go to bed at like one o'clock yeah. in the morning and they've got to get back up at 6 a.m. because, you know, they're working two jobs. Do you think that energy healing can actually help bring back um, energy to these people so then they can start living more fulfilling lives and full lives and not escape and not go into um, constant activity with no downtime? Oh, Absolutely. Well, energy work first brings you into your harmony where it will give you a deeper understanding of why why are you doing what you're doing and what is it that you're getting out of it. And once you understand why you're experiencing a limited time uh, for yourself or for others or for experiencing life, then you'll realize this is a program. And then your time management will start changing because... It, you have, let's say, you have a set amount of energy throughout the day. So if you if you're using that energy wisely and you are managing it wisely, you have enough energy to do everything that you want to do and then some, because we can harness also new energies. Energy work in itself 
will help you and support you to recognize where we're wasting energy. Because a lot of the times when we're doing, when we're running around like headless chickens and we're trying to get something done that doesn't even make sense to be completed, and we, in the, in the process, we get ourselves more riled up about it and nothing really happens, the, the sun is still there, earth is still spinning around the sun, the moon is still there. And we just think we are just the most important person on the planet right now because if we don't do this task, the, the earth is not going to spin. These illusions. Energy work helps us to understand where we are in illusion, delusion, and where we are in these different realities that we are creating, that we are accepting and appreciating. Mm. Well, I for one love energy work. Um, and sometimes I've also found myself m- moving, you know, away from it. So, I mean, I, I really have to keep a, quite a strict routine. Like I need to meditate. I need to do my energy work. And occasionally I slip up and I don't do it. And other things start to run my life. And all of a sudden I find that I've lost myself. And Beautiful. I've lost my grounding, as Carol talks about that. Can, can can we just quickly speak about if we go off the path, we're in denial, we're in delusion, something has taken us on a different track. What is the best way for us to get back on track again? Energy work will stabilize your system so that you can actually look at your life for a moment as it's unfolding in front of you without that you're in. When you have enough energy, you're basically enhancing all aspects of your being. That means also the bird's eye view. You can actually look from above at yourself, at life, and realize, oh, I'm here. I'm doing this. The energy work will give you access to your higher levels of consciousness because it's like rocket fuel. You get you out, you get out of that gravitational pull for a moment, and you look from high above down, and you see the different um, scenarios. So that gives you much more an understanding of what we're really doing, what are these patterns, why are we still keep on doing something that's not fully fulfilling us? Mm. Well, I just wanted to thank you so much for all of your offerings. I mean, your, your work is what's changed my life. Just quickly, Atana, you have these incredible crystal stores. I just want to ask you, what is going on this week with your stores? Amazing stuff. We are introducing new crystals to the world. We have um, a, a new uh, a new system how we how we now teaching in um, in East Nashville and um, and in Berry Hill. We have basically two two crystal classes in the week, and we have the one men's Wednesday. And you can imagine, I just finished a, a marathon of um, energy work. Uh, speed healing, so to speak, in the energy healing clinics. I did 28 sessions in four hours. You know, and, yeah, that's really it's intense. Like speed healing. It's like speed <laughs> dating for the healing community. <laughs> and it was it was so much fun. It was really intense. So we we are introducing, of course, every week new crystals for self healing. And um, everybody who comes in is part of this healing community, and we are so happy that we have more and more people coming in and participating. It's it's beautiful. I'm so happy about our community and our energy healers, you know. And it's 
it's just a joy, just a joy to see how our energy healers support more and more people to become more effective in their lives and, and healing themselves and the planet. Mm. Well, thank you for sharing that. I just want to bring Saber back in to ask you, do you have anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today, Saber? Yes, really quick. The angels told me to talk about Harry Houdini. Okay, if our younger listeners don't know who Harry Houdini was, he was this escape artist, and he really straight-jacketed himself uh, in terms of many different feats of uh, magic. And the angels were telling me to talk about him because this straight-jacket that he had, he would put it on so tight, and so that was like part of the illusion, right? But then to show everyone else how terrible it was, he would hang himself upside down. And what I learned was is that hanging upside down, you would think it's like, why would you do that to yourself? You're already stressing yourself so much. This is so dangerous already. This is so terrible. Here comes the next thing, right? Why would you add it on? And what we know now is, is that going upside down actually helped him escape easier. It made it so much easier for him to get out of what he was doing. So if you are suffering, if you are in denial, you are at that last kind of hope in your life, just remember Houdini, God is using you and that last kind of hope that you have because he's turning you upside down because it's going to be the easiest part for you to get out of it. Don't stop. Keep going. You can do this. I love you. I love you. I love you. Please come and be part of our family every Thursday on at 3 o'clock because we want you here. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Thank you, Sabah. Carol, um, any last words for our listeners? Yes, I want to say to our listeners, it is safe to wake up. It is safe to remember who you are. It's time. So look up Atana and see all that he has to offer and join us in beginning this and begin your journey to waking up and, and stepping into your full unlimitedness. Mm. Yummy. <laughs> that sounds so good. I could bathe in that. <laughs> Um, (laughs) and also that helpful thank you very much for that helpful tip Carol just leave little notes to ourselves do not sit here (laughs) do not eat this (laughs) do not watch this until you have finished everything you want to do (laughs) Tana I'm going to roll I'm going to roll it out to you um, to say goodbye bye bye everybody I love you I wish you a wonderful week much success, much healing, and know that we are all there, and we are we are making sure that this healing is taking place for ourselves and on this planet. You are on your end. Make sure that you take your power back. Make sure that you live your fullest life and that you support this planet and us as well. Thank you. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Tune again. <laughs> Make sure you. <laughs> Make sure you tune back in next week, listeners. We'll have another great show. Thank you and goodbye.